Hello everyone, and, and t in today's um, episode, I'm, I'm going to be speaking with Jack, who's, who has colitis, and, and, and he's going to be speaking about like, his, his experience with it, and his like, whole journey um, from having colitis. So, thank you Jack for like, joining me today. And, like, no, thanks for having me. Wanted to speak about your colitis, and if you'd like to tell people who are listening a little bit about like, yourself with, with colitis and your journey. Yeah, yeah sure, absolutely. Uh, so hi everyone, uh, my name's Jack. Um, I've had colitis now uh, for over 20 years. Uh, so I was diagnosed with UC in 1998, I believe, uh, at the age of five. Um, you know, I was, I was diagnosed off the back of just, you know, severe stomach cramps, uh, the typical symptoms of, you know, blood in your stool, um, you, know, wet, you know, quite drastic weight loss in a short amount of time. Um, and, and from there, um, you know, post-diagnosis, I think it was managed really well uh, for for five five six years. Um, I don't I don't really remember what life was like without being diagnosed. You know, I can't remember being three four years old. Uh, so it's something which is really normal to me, and something that you know I've I've had to live with, and it's been part of my life uh, for the last twenty six years. Um, so you know, in the five years after after surgery it was managed quite well uh, and then just in between going finishing primary school and starting secondary school uh, going into year seven I, my symptoms started getting much worse uh, my stomach cramps you know in quite a short amount of time became really unbearable um, and you know I, I suffered a really bad flare-up and then had to go to Torbay Hospital down in De Devon where I live um, and you know you could tell pretty instantly uh, that I was losing so much blood, uh, you needed a blood transfusion and had to go uh, 200 miles away by ambulance to Birmingham Children's Hospital to have my, um, to receive my first, first dialeostomy, uh, which was quite unexpected. Um, didn't really have the luxury of having time to prepare beforehand because the, the, my condition worsened, you know, in quite a short amount of time. So I didn't know what an ostomy, I didn't know what a stoma or an ostomy was. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't even know too much about, about Crohn's and colitis because I was so young. It was something that was always managed by my mum. Every time I'd go to hospital appointments, I'd, I'd be asked about my symptoms and I'd just say I was fine. But then, you know, my mum would be there telling yeah. them the truth, I suppose. Um, it must have been really hard, like, especially getting diagnosed like, um, really at a young age. And yeah, that's right. especially yeah. not knowing much about like colitis or anything about it, and definitely, like, yeah, definitely. Not. And, and like, like you said that, like, um, you, you like you started losing a lot, lots of blood. Like, oh, do you remember like when you started like firstly losing blood? Um, yeah, it just started off as like a slow thing that I was noticing when I was going to the toilet. Um, but then gradually, especially when I suffered that bad flare-up, you know, there was there was nothing brown. There wasn't any, you know, there wasn't any poo basically in the toilet. It was just blood uh, that was leaking out. So that that's obviously quite scary being so yeah. young, especially because again, yeah, because I, 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 myself I can relate to that and like, like um, oh, and it is it is scary and it's like it is really definitely. upsetting seeing that it's just blood. Yeah, it's worrying it, definitely. It, 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 it's just blood. You can all you see is blood in the toilet, and not like um, 
like not not what you want to yeah. see. Yeah, it's yeah. It, yeah. It looks out of place, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so that I had my I lost me done in two thousand and eleven, uh, and lived with um, a stoma in a bag throughout the whole of secondary school. So from year eleven, no, it's from year seven to year eleven, um, going through my you know GCSEs with a bag, which I kept really private back then. I'm quite open. Now, this time round, because uh, this is my you know, second stay of it, throughout secondary school, it was only a handful of close mates that knew about it. I'm sure more people probably did know, but I was very, very quiet about it. I was very private. I was constantly yeah. anxious about, you know, how discreet my bag looked. When I, sometimes I was you know, even getting into trouble. Uh, a good example is like on sports day, playing, uh, playing football and all, the team I was playing on we was asked to like change our tops around and reverse them and obviously I didn't want to take my top off no, no. to reverse it and get my bag out when you've got a, there's lots of spectators watching because it was you know sports okay. day and just having arguments and getting into trouble but yeah definitely I had so I've had the uh so I had it throughout throughout um secondary school but you know I was quite grateful to get it and have it yeah uh, because of how, how poorly I, I got in that short amount of time um and then the the option came around and it was I had the um, the option of going and getting a reversal done, uh, so I didn't have to go to Birmingham for that. That was done at my hometown in Devon. Um, didn't didn't it was a bit of a no brainer really. Didn't didn't think about it too much. Didn't again was going to appointments, did, but didn't really know too much about it. I knew it was an option. I was young. I, you know, I wanted to travel. I was six seventeen relationships and girls and going out and that became a lot more important um so I thought you know what why wouldn't I want to give it a go and not having the bag for a while even if no there's no guarantee of success but I thought it's worth it's worth the punt it's worth a go if it gives me a few years um it gave me it gave me eight years and so also my j pouch lasted eight years so that's six good years and two bad years um you know my time with a j pouch I look back a little bit embarrassed to be honest because after six years I was suffering with pouchitis and it was really severe symptoms. Uh, yeah, some, sometimes I'd be crying in the toilets at work, um, going to talk, getting up every hour easily in the night, probably trying to go to the toilet, you know, yeah, over, over 20 times a day easily. Um, I was in a lot of pain and discomfort but because I thought work, I'd you know, I'd started a new job. I'd just moved to London. I was working in the city. I thought my life was too important at the time to take take a step back and concentrate on my health, which I, I found now looking back a little bit embarrassing because, you know, obviously as, as time, there's never going to be a good time to, you know, take a break and take, you know, three to six months off work for, um, for a full recovery. But... Like with your, like, J pouch, or, uh, like, like, like a... Like a could you like explain a like a little bit what it is about what it is because um some people listening might not yeah yeah sure what it is. yeah definitely so so when when you have my stoma was an ileostomy so it's, I've had my my large bowel completely removed so when I had my stoma it was my small bowel that was coming out um yeah off my side and that was my stoma uh, so to do the J pouch what they do is um so it's open surgery. Uh, they basically pop the stoma back in, they pull it down, and then get back on itself, which is why it's called the J. Uh, and they, they sort of stitch that J together and then cut a hole in the bottom and connect that to your bum. 
So basically the function and purpose of the J is to act as a reservoir so that when output comes down your small bowel, it can then start, you know, it can, it can build up down there because it's got that J and it can fill up that side. And then obviously there's, there's a hole in the bottom connected to your bum. Um, so it's quite, you know, it's quite a technical intrusive procedure. Um, and you know, for six years for me, I was, I was medication free. I would take the occasional loperamide or emodium to thicken myself up, but um, it, it was amazing when I got my, my day pouch, even when I was in hospital and I'd done my first, you know, poo out of my bum. Um, you know, it was, yeah. it, just, it was quite surreal because it, it was quite thick and I'd gone from having a bag to getting my day pouch and it was, yeah, it was good, but you know, I had two bad years, which I look back on and regret. Uh, I really regret not going back and I regret not going back to having a bag um, a lot sooner which I'd done in August 2018 uh, so that was my not my most recent surgery but the one before um, and that's when I decided I'd be open about having my bag which is quite liberating really yeah it's it's quite easy for me now well it's not that easy but it's quite easy for me now, like, like talking and discussing bowel problems with, you know, people I've never met before and showing it to people that you have met before. But, um, so that, that was to go back to having a bag, uh, but they, they did leave part of my bowel and obviously my rectum, uh, in situ, uh, cause it's quite an intrusive surgery. So they didn't want to want to go down there, but I was still suffering. It was, it was good for a year. I was still suffering complications. Uh, started getting, you know, lip, lip, mild stomach cramps, but I was passing mucus quite a lot as well. I don't know, I hate saying mucus, I don't know why, <laughs> this feels like a gross word, but I was passing mucus um, and it was more of a lifestyle choice recently uh, to basically get the, bar, the proctectomy, so go have my bum, rectum completely, you know, uh, cut out and removed. And now, so I have, uh, you know, your bum sewn up and I have a, a permanent stoma, which is a bit, was a big challenge being in being in hospital throughout the coronavirus pandemic. Um, but you know, now being almost three months after surgery, I'm really happy with the results. So, so, the, so, like the permanent the permanent um, stoma that you've got now. So, so, like with that, you you have to have that for like the rest of your life now. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, definitely, I have this uh, for the rest of my life. But I'm, I've definitely made peace with that and I'm, I'm happy about that because you know I've been through the process of having it it's just enough is enough really um, with my pouchitis I was it became a bit of a circus for me really because I was wanting to try every single medication but you know I think that's that I wish someone had maybe given me that advice but I could have given myself the advice because I'd been through the process of getting a stoma before but just you know, I wanted to try absolutely everything because I was so desperate to have a bag. And my health, it just got a little bit ridiculous. Um, so, you know, I feel, I feel like my body's been through enough now. What, um, what, what is it actually like having a bag? Because, of course, like, so some people might not be aware of having one or they might not have one before. Like, yeah, especially, yeah. especially me, I, I don't know what it even feels like having one or, or what it's like. So yeah, no. It's funny you, you say that actually, because the other day my, my partner Lily, she I got her a flange in the bag and made her put one on to walk around for a bit to see what she felt like wearing it. And she was like, Oh, it's it's quite comfortable, isn't it? But it, it didn't have any output in it, it wasn't heavy. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, find, I find it comfortable. Uh, I think you kind of forget it's there most of the time. I know lots of people and everyone's experience is really different. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a bit of an inconvenience sometime. For example, like yesterday when I was building the table in the back garden, bolting screws into the, the table's legs, I stood up and I forgot to put my bag on properly earlier in the day, not knowing. Um, and my bag actually just fell off and splattered on the floor. And it was, you know, it was full of alcohol. So it, it was, you know, dribbling down me. I needed to tiptoe back through our apartment into the shower, fully clothed. Because I, yeah. that's, that's, an, that's definitely not scaremongering if you don't have a bag. That's a really rare incident. And, you know, for probably at least 10 years of having a bag, I've only suffered a couple of leaks, frankly. Uh, but generally, you know, you can't feel the stoma. The stoma doesn't have sensation. You can feel it pulling sometimes if you don't chew your food up properly or you're eating things like nuts or, you know, mushrooms, which can really, which you can imagine your body finding hard to break down just a small bowel. Um, so I do find the pulling sensation and the skin around the stoma sometimes can become quite irritated, especially when you're out, if your output's a lot more watery, I think it's a bit more acidic and, you know, you, you can get a bit of a burning sensation, which is a little bit uncomfortable, but there's lots of treatments and powders out there which exist, which you put it on it and the next day it's pretty much sorted. So it sounds like you've like been through a real lot, like especially from getting diagnosed with like colitis when you was yeah. really young and you've been through all these like all these surgeries that you've had and like all, all like the like the, the, the kind of stomas and like um like what to do the, the, the J pouch as well. So I think you've been through yeah. quite, quite a bit. And so, like, like now, like, it seems like you're doing quite well. Like, uh, I just want to talk to you about, like, um, like the coronavirus. Um, like, uh, how are you, like, with that? Yes, I'm really cautious and wary of it. I'm thinking about it all the time. Uh, I think my partner, more so, is kind of on top of it and nagging me all the time, you know. Keep washing your hands. If we're going out, you know, have you got your mask on me? Uh, but working in the city and living in London, I have absolutely no intention of commuting into into the centre this year at all. I think the pennies dropped with work anyway, and I think they're going to be allowing people to work from home a lot more often now anyway, which is a bit of a silver lining from the pandemic. But yeah, it's something I've been really conscious of and wary of, and at one point really scared of. Um, when I was, because I was in St. Mark's where I had my recent Barbie butt surgery, uh, and that's where the, the outbreak was really starting to happen. Um, I'm not, I think you know, it was mentioned to me that because um, most uh, bowel nurses are ICU trained, lots of patients were coming there. You know, you could overhear the consultants saying it's you know becoming at a right mess downstairs with the massive influx of patients needing to utilise the IC, ICU equipment and rooms there. So the day I was discharged was the same day people on the same ward as me were being repatriated to other hospitals. Um, because they were going to make a coronavirus ward out of the whole the whole floor that we were on, uh, and then I went to Exeter Hospital, and it's obviously down in the southwest. It's a lot quieter, so that was quite uh, comforting. But I think that they were a bit concerned that I'd come from a hospital where there was a bit of an outbreak happening. Yeah. And over a three week, three week period, I had uh, four coronavirus swabs, and it, that was that was the first one was the scariest because I had people talking to me and treating me you know, for, for days and then all of a sudden 
they turned up wearing a face mask, aprons, gloves. And they came in, you know, I hadn't even been made aware that I was going to be having it. The people came, because I was in a side room, um, and people came in the room and were like, you've got to be swabbed uh, because you've come from a London hospital. And people had flagged it, apparently, that my, my heart rate was high. Uh, my temperature was slightly raised and that I'd been coughing a little bit, uh, which I hadn't really noticed. And if my heart rate was high, it was because I just had major surgery. Yeah. Um, and I was still recovering, but nonetheless, it was symptoms. So I, I got a few, quite a few swabs in the three weeks. Thankfully, they all came back positive, but it's quite, it's quite a nerve-wracking and scary experience waiting to hear back. Because they'd say, oh, you'll find out tonight. Um, you know, you'll be waiting up until midnight to hear from a nurse and they're saying, no, you're just going to have to find out tomorrow. You wake up in the morning, you want to find out. They say they'll go and find out and no one comes back. So it was, it was just, it was quite scary going through the process of having surgery throughout a pandemic, but it's definitely instilled that sort of like discipline that I need to have post surgery and being out because, you know, being up in, being up in London now, it's, it's obviously I'm going to be working from home and I'm going to be avoiding crowds at all costs. What about, what about yourself? Like that, like, like, like with, it's, it's good that you've been doing like, like being cautious and like, like for me, I'm exactly the same. I'm, um, I, I've been self-isolating due to like having Crohn's and being on high, high dose medication. So for me, I just, um, just keep myself isolating. I, I, yeah, I'm, sure. I'll go out for walks and stuff like that, but like occasionally in a large space where I can't see anyone. So, 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 so it's that's really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So definitely keep safe. Yeah, you keep safe, and I, I, it's been really nice talking to you, Jack. And, and I, yeah, no worries. I, I think uh, everyone will like um, enjoy listening to you and hearing about like the journey with colitis too. So, yeah, thanks. Well, definitely, thanks for having me on, and uh, thank you. Definitely, thanks for inspiring me with all the uh, charity work you've been doing recently and raising funds and awareness. Because it's definitely given me a bit of a kick out the bum to do a bit more and start planning what I can maybe do this year. So definitely, thanks for having me on, and yeah. thanks for all the awareness you're obviously raising recently. Can I? Thank you for like um joining me too. So it's been. Really not talking yeah. to you and stay safe. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Cheers.